Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Dexter J. Tucker. What's going on, fam? How y'all feel? And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So I just want to thank everybody who is continuing on in this new season. Uh, I guess we can call it season seven. I don't know what we're going to call it. It's just a new season. But we're just continuing to have great conversations. Y'all miss it right before I hit record hit record Dexter had this really loud crunching noise and for like half a second I thought he was chewing on some chips but uh he wasn't he wasn't it was just getting some water I was kind of like nervous I was like what's going he's about to eat a meal uh but he's not he just got his water keep the the palate nice and moist so that we can enunciate and have this conversation so if you missed last week yo you missed a good one we were joined by Eliza Bogan, and we had a nice, juicy talk about sex, but not just sex the way everyone else talks about. We talked about what does sex positivity look like? How can we have a more positive outlook on sex, which is such a natural part of who we are? So if you missed that conversation, you're going to want to pause this one, go over there, click that one, and go listen to that one. And so, Dexter, how's your week going so far? How you been? It's been good. It's been good. I'm trying to keep keep dry because like it is raining something serious in Houston, bro. It's not even funny. Like I'm just like I need a boat at this point because like the flooding ain't ain't no joke. So my job is about to get very very busy because people want to sit in the water for an hour and a half and not move. But <sighs> other than that, I'm good. How about you? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good. By the time this probably comes out, the school year will be done. But Ooh. I'm just barely making it. I'm barely making it. Uh, I'm about ready to tell all the kids get out of my office. I'm not doing any <laughs> more counseling this year. But hey, it's going smooth. We're wrapping up. Um, outside of that, I mean, the it, the weather's nice here in Nashville. I don't know. I can't speak for y'all. Like when it rains, it pours. Y'all, I saw people on the interstate, like on one of the uh, interstates. On top of their like surfing their Camaro, mm-hmm. like I could not believe it. And when y'all get rain, it's no joke. I know y'all still get flashbacks and kind of get a little worried when y'all get a lot of rain like that because of the flood y'all had. Man. What? How many years ago? Maybe what? Four or five years ago? Four years ago, yeah. Yeah, that major one. So, mm-hmm. yo, well, I just hope you guys stay safe. Oh, I'm a hope wherever you guys are. I hope wherever you're listening from that you guys are enjoying the weather wherever you're at. Hopefully you have some sun, able to get out there, get some vitamin D. But guess what, guys? I know why y'all are here. We're here to have another great conversation about relationships and dating. So let me go ahead and get our next guest. I'm super excited for this one. Hold on. Let me go ahead and get them in here. Hello. There we go. So go ahead and introduce yourself. 
Yeah, my name is Dio. Um, I am not an Enneagram expert, by the way. I just like enjoy the Enneagram and I like to do a lot of research about it. So I run an, uh, I run an Instagram account called The Black Enneagram. Um, I don't know if you have noticed, but a lot of Enneagram stuff on Instagram is very white, particularly like it caters towards white women. Um, so I was just like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. We are going to add some blackness and culture, you know, into this. And so that was my project for 2020. That was what I did with my 2020. Um, pandemic life was create this page. Um, I'm a recent graduate, graduated from a women's college in Decatur, Georgia. Um, and crazy enough, I live in Houston too. So I'm clearly, I'm watching the, <laughs> I have a river in front of me and like the river is overflowing. So I feel <laughs> y'all. Yeah. So. Wow. That's funny. Right. That That's the second guest in a row that we've had from Ooh, Houston. Like this, like, Dexter, you didn't tell me y'all got all the dope people in Houston. You didn't have to move. <laughs> Like real talk, like I'm thinking about it. It's lit. I really am. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's take a little bit of time. We've been doing this lately to get to know our guests a little bit more. So, it, Dayu, is that right? Dayo. 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 Okay. So, when you're not, since you're a recent graduate and mm -hmm. you're no longer heavy in the books, what do you like to do to just enjoy yourself, to, to, right. to relax? to be able to feel more like yourself. What are some things you like to do? Well, I do want to say I'm going back into the books heavy in the fall. I'm going to law school in the fall. So I have a very short break, unfortunately. But yeah, the, for right now, right now, the fun has been just like embracing spontaneity. So like if I want to go swimming, I'll go swimming. Or if I want to read a book, I'll actually read the book and not be like, oh, I'll read it tomorrow. Like actually doing things that I actually want to do. The things that I have to do as a one, that's something that I struggle with a lot is like duty and obligation. But when I take that off, it's like, oh, I can actually like do what I want instead of doing what I think people need from me. Um, mm. So yeah, that's kind of the way I embrace like joy and fun in this season. It's just doing what I want to do. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, you better enjoy it now. Right. You, you, you're going into law school. Listen, yeah. I'm doing a PhD right now and I am grasping at straws semester just started for me so i'm like mm -hmm. why did i do this but <laughs> it, 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 it's meaningful to find those small small moments in time where you can just have spontaneity and enjoy yourself right, so number right. two number two a lot of people tend to think this is a personal question uh -huh. so what are some things that you have been watching on your netflix and hulu playlist what do you have in your watch list mm. I feel like I had a season where I was only watching black, like old nine, like sitcoms, and then I kind of just stumbled upon Modern Modern Family. I know it's a super oh. white, it's very white, like super white and low key racist, but it's really funny and really okay. interesting. <laughs> just a little bit. I, I enjoy it though. I enjoy. It. I'm on. I've been. I'm on season eleven now. Like I'm pretty much done. But yeah, that's been the the biggest thing is watching rewatching Modern Family. Okay, so so what would you consider to be your favorite, oh. I guess, old school black sitcom? A different world, like all day. That is my show. <laughs> that is my show. Like I can watch that a million times over and never be bored. Like, that's my show. Yo, it, and what's funny was until I got older, I did not recognize all the HBCU references. Ooh, right, and right. <laughs> I went to Tennessee yeah. State University here in Nashville and I saw it like I would I remember the episode like I saw the logo mm -hmm. and then I looked back at all my stuff I'm like oh, that was already <laughs> in there 
Yes. So last question before we get into our topic. So Corona has prevented a lot of people from being able to be mobile, be able mm -hmm. to travel. There's all these restrictions and you almost have to have two COVID tests within 24 hours before you get on and off and playing. It's pretty crazy. So when things kind of like get back to, I guess, whatever we would consider normal, where's some place you'd like to get out to travel and to be able to see? Um, well, I have a trip planned for going back to Georgia this in June because uh, I miss my friends. I didn't get to really say goodbye to my friends, like my college years friends. Uh, so I'm going back just for a month to like just really have like a proper send off, like a proper goodbye. Because uh, so much has happened, so much has changed in the last year that I believe like I didn't get to enjoy with them. When I should have had, I was, my plan was to stay in Atlanta, you know, throughout, like just live there until law school started, but obviously COVID. So I had to come back home. Um, so just going back there and enjoying my, my like college friends that I never got to, you know, say bye to. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. So that was a little bit about our guest. I hope you guys got a, a little bit of opportunity to get warmed up to who she is and what she's doing in the world. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get into this topic. And it's one that I've been really excited about because I'm always looking for different ways to be able to learn more about myself. Yeah. And, and in the world, there's many different types of personality tests. There's um the ever popular horoscopes that a lot of people right. use to yeah. um, be able to identify different aspects and characteristics of their life. Mm -hmm. But I came across something called the Enneagram about two years ago. And when I read and went through the test, I, first I was like, these questions are weird. Mm -hmm. um, I asked almost two similar questions. Then I had an opportunity to actually read the description. And for some reason, I felt kind of violated. Mm -hmm. I felt like they were all up in my business. I felt like someone had been following me my right. whole life and decided to write a whole type about my life. Yeah. So question, what in the world is an Enneagram in the first place? Yeah. So a lot of people describe it as like a personality tool. They do compare it to um, Myers-Briggs more than Horoscope. So Horoscope doesn't really fit in this category. It's more of Myers-Briggs, Strengths Finders. But what makes the Enneagram different is that the Enneagram focuses on motivations and like why you do what you do rather than like your behaviors and like your strengths. Like it really does call you out on your ish, like really, really bad. And so that's what makes it so like triggering when you read it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's pretty much just a personality tool, um, but it goes a lot further than the other personality tools that we have, like Myers-Briggs, um, and really gets to the depth of like why and, and how can you grow from that. So it also offers like growth tools that, the, that other, other tools don't do that. They, they don't offer you know, ways to grow. I think one thing that's also interesting about the Enneagram is that it's, it's not necessarily saying, oh, this is why you're so great. It's saying, okay, this, is, this is how you lost your way. You know, you were, when God created you, God created you one way. And as the world, as you started to live into the world, you just kind of lost your way. You lost who God originally created you to be. Um, and so the Enneagram is kind of like a tool to help you come back to who God created you to be. Um, and it's hard because, I mean, the world, like the, the, the pressures of the world are like, they're, they're heavy. So it's hard to take them off. Um, and we, I feel like personalities are the mask that we wear. And so the process of like going through the Enneagram, like transformation is just like, you're slowly taking off that mask and it's painful because like, it's a part of you almost. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, so, I didn't joke, like, 
what you said about it being all up in your business, like I took mine and I'm just like, first of all, I don't appreciate <laughs> having all my business out there like that yeah. and somebody telling me about myself. I'm like, right. first of all, this is this is private. This yeah. is private information. I'm just like, wow, like I feel I feel like I've been put on front street, but like you mm -hmm. said, like it helps you get back to who you're supposed yeah. to be yeah. instead of like taking on all these things that the world gives you and right. like the, the nuances of like who you have to be at work for family yeah. or for school, whatever it is. And it just shows you, like you said, it just shows you who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so real quick. So how did you first become introduced to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was again in college and my, I was going through some mess. <laughs> my friend uh, was trying to just trying to help me with like, not fix it, but like trying to give me like tools to like understand what's going on with myself. Cause I was confused. I was like, why am I behaving this way? Why is this happening to me? It was just like really like I was having identity crisis. She introduced it to me and I got like super into it. And I did a lot of research with books, articles, podcasts. Like I, I love personality. Tests, so I really got invested into it, but yeah, I was just my friend introducing it to me as a way to like help me recover from the things that <laughs> went on my junior year of college. So yeah. <laughs> And it's 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 crazy because like you you know you realize you don't realize like where you're having this idea in the crisis. Sometimes it it's a, it takes other people to show it yeah. to you. Yeah. Like, hey, like you're slipping with this. Like you need to go ahead and fix right. it, figure out what's going on with this. Yeah. And you know when we have all of our friends and our families, like we don't realize how sometimes we're the same, but mm. we're different in a lot of ways. So like how how can people like of the same type be yeah. so different at the same time? Man, I feel like because we all have different life experiences, we all come from different places, we're all racially different, you know, genders different, like that, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. I think that that's the problem that the Indian game has had so far is that even though it didn't come from white origins, white people have taken it over. And so white people like to dilute things. <laughs> so I think that it's, it's important to like bring back like the fact that everyone is so different, like there's flavor to every individual. Um, but yeah, I think the reason why we're so different is because one, we may have different wings. We may have different subtypes. It's like, Enneagram is so in-depth like you can really really go far into it but yeah like all of those things should be considered like your experiences the parents that you had the friends you grew up with like all of that stuff matters and so I can be a type one you can be a type one and we can look like completely different people because of our upbringing because of our race because of our gender and so yeah I hope that answers your question <laughs> yeah so so let me go ahead and, and list off the the nine oh. types so uh one is the reinforcer and uh, the rationale or their rational, um, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Number twos or twos are the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Number three, which I am, the success-oriented, uh, adaptive, excelling, driven and image conscious. Why did I read that out loud? <laughs> uh, number, uh, uh, number fours are the individualist, mm -hmm. the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. There's uh, type five, the investigator, the intense cerebral type, um, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Uh, type six, the loyalist, the committed, the security, the security oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, suspicious. Type seven, 
the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, um, and scattered. <laughs> uh, there's eight, the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, de decisive, willful, uh, willful. Uh, and nine, the peacekeeper, the easygoing, self, uh, self-effacing, the self-effacing type, uh, reassuring, agreeable, uh, complacent. So these are some of these are the nine types. When you hear us talking about numbers, I kind of wanted to give people a quick little um, overview on what the types are and some of the characteristics around. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that before I ask the next question? Yeah. So one thing that I think has like that is helpful when you're looking for your type is like pay attention, paying attention to the core desires and the core fears. Um, those and the core motivations. I believe I think there's three of them. So those three really help you hone in because sometimes like I have all the character characteristics you named for the three, my behaviors match that, but my core desires do not match that at all. See, if you pay attention to like why, like that, that why of the desires and why is the why of the, of the fears and the weakness and the weaknesses and the strengths that like pay attention to that, I think sometimes the description can be hard because those descriptions are describing behaviors and not always motivation. So yes, <laughs> that was great though. <laughs> That's, that's good. So we are we like to talk about relationships and different ways to make them better. And I definitely see the Enneagram being one of those things. So um, in your experience, how can we use Enneagrams to help our relationships with our partners? Yeah. The cool thing about the Enneagram is that it's inter like it's a circle and it's interconnected. So knowing that like I, I can be connected to so for example i'm a one but i go if i for example if i was dating a four and i go to four in stress or in growth either one like knowing that i go to four in stress helps me to understand oh this is how they feel when they're you know when they're in their normal place <laughs> and then from, i also go to seven in growth um and so if i was dating a seven i'd be like oh okay like this is where they are where like now that i'm in this spontaneous like fun loving place i can understand like oh this is this is who they are all the time so like stuff like that, like when you find the way that you connect to them, and if you don't ever like connect to them, if you don't have growth points, if your wings don't connect to them, I think also learning to like read when you're reading up on your type, read up on their type as well, because then you can like foster compassion for them and understand like they just see the world differently. Um, they're not like trying to harm you or like, you know, trying to, you know, mess with you. It's really just like they don't see the world the way you see the world. And that's very hard for people like myself who are ones who really believe like, oh, this is the right way to see the world. And everywhere else is wrong. <laughs> that was the biggest challenge for me. Um, but I think that realizing like, oh, there's no right or wrong. There's just one, two, three, four, five, seven, and nine. Like it's just different ways of seeing the same world like the people always talk about like two people can have the exact same experience being the exact same room exact same thing is said and come away from it with two different two different interpretations mm -hmm. and i think that's what the energy game does that it reminds us like oh like you're not wrong or you're, or you're not right you're just different and there's there's goodness in that difference um so yeah i think that the way that we can use enneagram is to build compassion and grace first for ourselves because you can't give what you don't have so building that in yourself having compassion for yourself um, and the fact that, yeah, you are three, you are, you know, image conscious and that's okay. Like, you know, you can grow from that. You can, <laughs> you, can you know, change, but like have grace and compassion. Like your, your experiences have fostered this in you. Um, and then when you have that for yourself, it's so much, it's a little bit easier to have that for other people. Cause you're like, oh, like, and not to necessarily pigeonhole them and say, oh, they're just being a seven or just being a six, but like, oh, I get, I get that this is the way that you're seeing the world. I understand. I don't understand it. Like, I don't get it, but like, I, 
you know, I can, I can, I can be with you in this, even though I don't necessarily connect with your sevenness or with your threeness. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So Dexter, did you get a chance to to do the the um test? Oh yeah. Uh, like I said, I told I'm a businessman. I don't appreciate it. Uh, but I am a one. I'm oh okay. And I read it, and when I read the part that said model children, I went back to my childhood, and I was just like, that reminded me of my mom, of yeah. when like I was in sixth grade. And I, I told her this the other day, matter of fact. Mm -hmm. I said, Mom, you were such a perfectionist mm -hmm. that you were standing beside me as I was doing math in sixth grade, and you didn't know the answer. But, and I didn't know the answer, but you were determined to make sure I knew it. So we're not helping each other at all. Right, and right. she was just like, but but I'm the parent. I'm like, no, 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 you were wrong. At that yeah. Point. You were wrong at that point. And, you know, I love what you said about fostering compassion and grace, because that's the most that's the most important part about being in a relationship. And I think in this day and age in our society is that what we end up doing is we want to celebrate the ways in which we're the same, but not understand where we're different. Yeah. And so when we see those areas in which we're different, it causes an argument or a disagreement. We don't see eye to eye and we don't know how to have conflict resolution because we don't want to yeah. see differences. And that's what we mess up at. So like how, what are like- So here's another thing. Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on. I want to stay right here because that that's really big. So um, my wife is a, is a four. Okay. And I'm a three. Mm -hmm. So and she's very in tune with the emotional side wow. of who she is, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And for me, being a three, I'm very image conscious. Mm -hmm. So the conflict that often comes up is I'm trying to uh, make sure I don't look a certain way to her, which also mm -hmm. in a way is me not being as authentic as I could be, which to her looks like I'm not I'm not willing to go there with her. Yeah. And so for the longest, that would be a place where we were butting heads and we didn't understand like where, uh oh, we weren't understanding where the disconnect was. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We weren't understanding where the disconnect was. But after looking at the Enneagram and understanding what is behind some of the behaviors, now I have language that I didn't have before to That's be true. able to express what it is I'm feeling in these moments. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think is really beneficial in the terms of being relational. It yeah. gives language to certain things or points you in a direction mm -hmm. of past hurt or pain that causes you to be a certain way. But the great thing on the flip side is now that you know that that's what your challenge is, you can work backwards from that. Mm -hmm. You can work backwards from that. And we there's Things that I can actually do. It's not just a really good uh, uh, philosophy that's yeah. just out there that just gives you a feel good moment. It's like, no, I can work on me being more vulnerable. Yeah, There's steps I can take to that. And yeah. I can understand from her perspective when we're talking what it is that she's looking for and what it looks yeah. like to her. The okay. same way she can be more conscious with me when she's saying something, because I do tend to be a little more sensitive about stuff, about how I present in the world. Now she knows how to frame stuff a little bit better. So, yeah, it's. That's it's, huge. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So, Dexter, go ahead with yours. Sorry, I just had to connect no, that. I, I love what you said, though. I love what you said. I'm glad you brought that up, because like 
like how you said it was perfect. Like it gives you language for certain things because a lot of us don't know how to talk to each other. We just talk at each other, go to sleep mad, wake up the next day, do the same thing over again. And all of a sudden you want, it gets to a breaking point where you have to talk to each other. And it could have been resolved five minutes ago if you just understood the perspective of the person that you're in disagreement with. And a lot of us don't want to be, don't want to have conflict resolution because we like the conflict and we like being right. And in relationships, there's only two things you're going to be either going to be right or you're going to be happy. You're not going to And I think we, we mess up with that. And so, like, so with, take for example, horoscopes, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, he's a Scorpio. I love him so much. You know, stupid stuff like that. You yeah. know, like looking at, looking at, you know, horoscopes, trying to figure out this person's match for me and whatnot. Yeah. Not looking at the character of a person or anything of that nature. Looking at something that's actually concrete that can show you like, okay, this is where we are with this. So what are some examples where the Enneagram shouldn't be used in relationships? Yeah, that's a great example because I think that there's a tendency, sometimes it's natural to be like, oh, I don't want to ever marry a one because ones are X, Y. Like that's just a very generalized way to like see people because people aren't in boxes. Like I think the Enneagram is great that it doesn't put you in boxes. It says like, you are actually all of the nine types at different times in your life, like different times. You, you're just like, you just have one dominant type. So that's one thing is not, not putting other people in boxes of like, oh, like, oh, there are seven, then they're crazy. Like, that's yeah. like not not using words that are like disparaging. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, not typing other people. Um, if someone doesn't want to take a test, don't, don't make them take the test. Like that's a big thing, because it's a very personal thing um, to know your type um, and mm-hmm. don't, and I think that there's a distinction between trying to guess someone's type just so you can love them better and trying to know their type so that you can like, point out their flaws and say, oh, you're acting mm. like this because you're a seven, you're acting like this because you're a one. Like that's mm. the biggest way to misuse the Enneagram for sure. And then also using the Enneagram to make it to be an excuse for why you behave the way you behave. Like, oh, I'm just a seven. This is the way I am. Like that's problematic. Like not gonna lie. To say, oh yeah, like I, uh, I, I'm scattered and I'm, you know, I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't plan. But if your partner needs you to plan things like this, you can't just make that make an excuse of, well, I just that's just not who I am. If you love the person, like actually make an effort to be in some way catered to what they need. Um, So I think those are my top three is, yeah, don't type people. um, Do not uh, use it as a way to like disparage people and make people feel bad about their type. And then third, I forgot what I said. What did I say? I forgot, I'm sorry. I just said it too. You're going to make excuses for yes. your own behavior. Yeah. There you go. Oh. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Like, I really hated when I was dating people who automatically made assumptions about me based on my horoscope. Yes. That was one of the most irritating things. For one, I never, like, I was never big into the horoscope thing. Yeah, and I actually had to really go look at what they were and what they meant and what mm-hmm. they said because people were saying it so much. And they had so much conviction about how I was going to act based on that. I was like, how do you know how I'm going to act on this date? And I don't even know how I'm going to act. <laughs> I don't. Right. But, but they, people can be so certain on how you're going to act. And I think, especially if we're looking for a partner, it we can disqualify people Ooh, who yeah. may potentially be good for us based on our preconceived notions about a particular type. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. that's, think about it. Think about it. There's all, let's say there's nine types. Let's mm-hmm. say there's four types you wouldn't date. You've already <laughs> got rid of half the world of people you could possibly date. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about it, that's kind of crazy. And it, it's yeah. already hard enough to find um, a partner now. Right. Mm-hmm. If you disqualify people just based on, well, they are a one, three, five, and seven. I'm not doing those. Now, right. like, your dating pool is really small. And yep. it, at the same time, it really <laughs> And now you you're gonna start falling back and be like, well, why aren't there enough people out here? Well, right. you kind of disqualified half the population, mm-hmm. and, and and that's one of. The, I'm glad you said that. Um, a little bit more about justifying your own behavior. Mm-hmm. So how can that? I can definitely see that being a pitfall. How can it? How can we avoid that pitfall of not using it to justify our mm-hmm. behavior in in the world? Yeah, I think not getting stuck with extra type. I guess it's good to know your type, but there's so much more to that. I think there's like there's wings and there's subtypes. And I think those help us to like go deeper. I think when you stop at your type, it's easy to be like, well, that's just who I am. But when you actually start to do the work of like, oh, like how can I how can I grow from my type instead of like, oh, this is who I am, but like actually doing the work that comes along with it. And that looks different ways for different people. Maybe it, looks, it may look like reading books, it may look like, look like getting a coach, it may look like read listening to podcasts. I mean, it really depends on the person. But I think the biggest thing is moving from just knowing to like, I think as people always say like, information, like having information does not transform you. Like it's actually, the actual work that's required is what's gonna transform you, not just, oh, I know that I'm a seven, I know that I'm a one. Like, that's not gonna help you with anything in life. It's just, you just have information, you just have knowledge. But doing the actual work, learning from people and then taking their advice seriously, um, people we trust, obviously, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So Desha, what do you think? Kind of along that same question, like we always talk about different different tools that people can use to better themselves, but there is the temptation to use it to justify, well, this is just how I am. What are what are your thoughts on that same kind of question? I think you just have to be to be self-aware of your own self. And I think mm-hmm. you know, doing that requires you to be aware of where be aware of the places where you fall short. And a lot of times that takes that takes a level of maturity and awareness that you have to choose to do every single day because yeah. you know every moment isn't the same every day isn't the same and that could be a day where even in my profession there are days where like i feel myself like i, I did that i'm good at what i do but it's like i have to always look for those areas of opportunity because for me like i am a one and I, I resonate with that because I always look for the areas in my life where I can be better, where I can, because if I'm better, I benefit everyone attached to me, my spouse, my my family, my friends, our, the business, like whatever, whatever it is, I benefit those people. And, you know, congratulate myself when, you know, I'm doing well, but also at the same time, recognize the areas in which I need growth at, because if I recognize that area, then I can make sure that everyone around me benefits because they're getting a better version of Dexter every single time. Yeah. That's good. There we go. So, Dio, you have a really dope Instagram page. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I came across it, but what really caught my attention was how you made connections between movie couples. Mm-hmm. So, what inspires you to even bring in the movie reference idea into the Enneagram? Right. 
because I have an addiction for TV and movies. Like, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And so I was like, hey, what do I know? I think for me, it was like, what do I already know? What do I already have information? Like, what do I already have knowledge about? And, and what, how can I connect that to the Enneagram? And for me, that was just the most logical connection. Um, and I just feel like because movies and TVs are actually portraying personalities and portraying act like they're portraying people, it just made, I mean, you, it made sense. Like, you can learn so much. Like, I learned, I'm, I'm a one. And Whitley Gilbert from A Different One is a One. I learned so much from watching her. Like, watching the things that she does that's wrong, watching the things that she does that's right. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to avoid that because I see how that's messing up her life. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to learn from that. So I think that we can learn so much from entertainment if we actually allow ourselves to. I think a lot of people like to disparage entertainment. Like, oh, you know, it's a waste of time. But I really think that if you are intentional about it, mm -hmm. um, it can actually help you grow, like, seriously grow. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of why I decided to use TV entertainment is just because I felt like that was the most logical connection for me as someone who enjoys, thoroughly enjoys television. Mm -hmm. It's super dope because what you do is you allow people to, with, with those examples to be able to see external versions of themselves. Exactly. So, so in therapy, there's a lot of um, interventions that we use with mirrors mm -hmm. and it's a reflection back. But even at that level, it can still be difficult to see the whole picture of yourself um, while you're that close. Yeah. And although being able to see who you are through the Enneagram, learning your type is very beneficial. There's a whole other layer that that is added by being able to see outside mm -hmm. and through and being able to see what the interaction looks like. One, it's safer for me to see it in someone else than for me to have to recall a life situation that I'm going through. Yeah. So that's a, a, a brilliant way of doing that. It allows someone to be um to be vulnerable, to be safe, and to really be able to identify different aspects of who they are and needs based on something that they're seeing externally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you also mentioned something. I'm glad you went here. So you said uh, about the whitewashing of, of the Enneagram is very, talk about that a little bit more. Like what have you seen as far as, you kind of hinted to it earlier, but as far as Enneagrams, there aren't too many outlets or resources for black people. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, because there's two sides of the Enneagram, at least from what I've noticed on Instagram, I'm in the Instagram world, so that's what I know. Um, there's two sides. There's like the very educational side where like they're really teaching you like the knowledge. And there's like the fun side where like they like compare and the Enneagram types to like silly things like dogs or like, you know, just really silly things. That's like the white side. I don't do that. I'm never getting that. But that's what white people do. <laughs> and it's cool. That's what they love. They really, really see that stuff. They really enjoy it. But I think for me, the reason why I made my page is because I realized, oh, like I don't care what dog I am. Like as a one, like I don't care what flower I am. Like I don't. I want something that's more relevant to my Black culture. And I'm Nigerian, so like even I'm learning Black culture because I did grow up in like a traditionally Black American home. So I'm still learning about that. But I, yeah, I think the one example that I saw that I was like, oh yeah, 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 this is for white people. Um, was the example was one of the people, one of the Instagrammers was like, you're you're probably a type one if you reload the dishwasher when someone else does it. And I'm like, I don't use the dishwasher, like. I wash by hand. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, that threw me off because I was like, oh, like, this is a, this is like, she was clearly speaking to white people. Um, and I think also just seeing the way that, for, for the fun side of the Enneagram, how a lot of them didn't type black shows, they typed 
the office and they typed uh what's the other show the office and friends, friends. and friends. it took me forever to even want to watch those shows because it's like they are just the whitest shows that you ever watch they're good you know they have their 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 appeal but like I wanted to see Martin. I wanted to see Blackish. You know, I wanted to see my wife and kids. I wanted to see my people being represented in something that is so transformative and so helpful um, for growth and like spiritual health, to be honest. So that was huge for me. I just felt like I I didn't see myself. I left, I kind of, when I first learned about it, I kind of stopped using it for a while because I didn't see myself do it. And then and I took a class. It was, it's a whole story how I got to where I am today. But yeah, like it was just a, it was just a, I think I'm, I realized when I was in it before, just how much white people cater to white people and did not consider, oh, maybe some people will not relate to this. And that's fine. Like, I think that it's easy to stay in your own mental lane. Like, oh, this is what I know. So I'm going to stick with what I know. But I felt like a lot of people were being left out. And I wanted to kind of change that. Man, and that's very brave of you to do that and to go against what uh, the norm is in this space. And Listen, I, I face a lot of the same thing. There's a lot of event, interventions in couples work that mm. is not applicable to black mm. people. Like yeah. one of the like for for bonding with couples, one of them was like, okay, take a shower together and wash your hair and shampoo and go through, uh, run your fingers through each other's hair. I'm like, I'm I, don't know. I, ain't, I ain't gonna be no just washing and running my hair through. No. And, and for that to be one of the options and, and yeah. for them not to be able to recognize that, okay, that's not applicable yeah. to people outside of a particular group. Right. Representation matters. Um, I think uh, cultural inclusion matters. And I think you're spearheading the way in this because I haven't seen it before the way you do it. And I love it. It's very um, informative. It's still educational, but it's relatable. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and transition into our last segment of the show, which is called Flip the Script. And Flip the Script is a segment where our guest provides a simple tool or strategy for how to deal with a challenge situation or just how to process the information that we talked about in this episode. So here's your question. Someone may be listening and may, and may be like, you know what, I'm going to go take the Enneagram and I'm going to find out my type tonight. Once someone has taken the Enneagram test and they have determined their type, what should they now do with all the information that is out there about their specific type? I think the biggest thing is if you have someone in your community who you can talk to about your type and like they know about the Enneagram at least a little bit, I think talking, like having, doing this in community helps a lot um, because then they can show you your blind spots. You can show them their blind spots. You can show them their strengths. Like you can do it in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, I just suck. You know what I mean? Like I'm just doing things wrong. I'm a terrible person. But I think doing it in community, learning in community, like what's the word? Uh, transforming or like changing in community is super, super helpful. Um, yeah, I think if you're, if people are, if you're like a believer, I think being careful of not allowing the Indian game to become like an identity thing and allowing it to stay a personality tool and not like, oh, I'm, I, I'm a one. Like, no, first of all, you're a child of God. Like that's, that's, that's the starting point for you and not your number. Um, so I think those two things, like, yeah, doing it one and doing it in community, talking to people about your type, engaging. And if you have a therapist, that's community as well. Talking about your type in, in, in therapy and in community and then also um, what did I just say? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> making sure that, yeah, making sure that you don't, like you're, you're guarding against putting your identity in your type. That's a very serious thing that can happen a lot really quickly if you're not careful. So I think the community helps guard against that as well. So, yeah. All right, guys, there you guys have it. 
Dio, thank you for joining us this yes. week. Of course. Glad to, have, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So please let everybody know where they can find you on the internet and social media. Um, I only have Instagram right now, but I'm working on a website, all that. <laughs> Started making this a business. But my Instagram is the Black Enneagram. I think Enneagram is spelled E N N E A G R A M. I hope I got, got it. that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so that's my name, the Black Enneagram. Um, and yeah, just follow me on there. Uh, my DMs are super open. I respond to all of them. So yeah. <laughs> All right, and I will put all of her information down in the show notes so you guys can connect with her and get some of that information about Enneagrams. So, Dexter, how'd you feel about this episode? Feel great, feel great. Like, I wanna, me and my wife are gonna go take, we take it again together so we can see, because I wanna, because I, I know she's the one. I, I know that for a fact. I know that she's the one, so. Because, yeah, we gonna see, we gonna see. All right, well, guys, we just appreciate you joining us this week. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcasts, comment, rate, subscribe. If you're in podcast land, please, please head on over to YouTube at Love Unscripted HD, where you can see the full episode for this show that we did. Um, I thank you all for joining us. Listen, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.